Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light and want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at Resonant Truth. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Blue Rhythmic Night, and it is the sixth day of the White Mirror Wave Spell, and it is the Lunar Moon Day 27. And so this podcast will help you experience the final day of the Lunar Moon, which is Monday, and I guess that's like September... 19th. And then on Tuesday, September 20th, but also the first day of the electric moon, we will get out of some of this really dense, turgid beginning state of every natural time year. Not all of it. I always think, oh, we get to the electric moon and everything's going to be so easy but it takes time. It's like a rolling wave. It's not like clicking through channels. So there's fluidity from the magnetic tone to the lunar tone to the electric tone and so on. So depending on how intense your time has been in this lunar moon, you're going to notice relief and I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, but it, it just will get sort of freer as we head toward all the way into the future of the overtone moon when I assure you it is assured that you would feel like velocity and sort of force uh, that starts to carry you instead of you like clogged up in a uh, dense wave current that's sort of like held in check by the ocean itself when we get to the overtone tone of a wave spell, we start to really just be moving as water through the air, not water through water, or maybe a current is air through water somehow, and it's slow, but the overtone moment is when we feel the wave rising above the surface of the ocean. And I guess if we weren't talking about ocean waves, it's just, it's about acceleration and spin whatever makes a wave rise and curl is force. And so that force accelerates in, until it snaps, but the acceleration is really um, like palpable in the overtone tone. I think that's kind of what that tone means. But prior, because it's fluid both ways, we're starting to feel speed and ease. And speed isn't like to get somewhere. It just means kind of like when you feel bogged down and things aren't, um, there's effort, then 
we get released from some of that effort and resistance. That's another thing. You can feel resistance in the beginning and then that that is alleviated little by little. So that's where we are. We're in that nexus. But I'm not like a beginner in natural time, so I don't have as much attachment to basic concepts. But I do remember having that. And my big attachment was like, the lunar moon is over and I'm glad. It was hard. It was challenging. It like tore me up. And uh, so here we are. We're almost at the end of the lunar moon. And what happened in the lunar moon? We identified our challenge for the year. This is where I get really wrote. A challenge is not a bad thing. It's not a curse. A challenge is an invitation to grow. It's like, hey, I challenge you to do this. And so we, every year and every 13-day wave spell, but every year we get a purpose that shows up in our life that is our like karmic to-do item, set of items that we're given from the universe to uh, embrace and explore, be purposeful. So we're given passion behind that. And then within that, there is something that is a, an absolute demand for change and growth and to get through hardship and uh, can feel like a problem for sure. can feel like a setback. It can feel like suffering. But it's chosen for us. It emerges because it's going to be resolved. It's going to be solved as a problem. It's going to be healed as a wounding, a memory of wounding. It's going to be released over the course of the year. So it's actually kind of exciting to see what comes up in the lunar moon. So you're like, whoa, this is the like current uh, place of catharsis for me. It's just going to be drawn out over um, the fullness of a year. So I'm just trying to give an example. I mean, I had a lot clearer ideas of what was challenging at the beginning of the moon because it was more obvious at the beginning. But I know, like, I'm right in the heart of recognizing that my historically appalling relationship cycle uh, that showed up through a series of pseudo partners or non partners over many years, like I can feel that I've finally gotten to the place of metamorphosis. I am not bragging because <laughs> like, I'm not very convinced, but if I'm honest with myself in this lunar moon, I saw that my challenge was my fear and risk aversion from having really suffered in relationships this lifetime. And so I don't, you know, I used to be too dreamy and naive and kind of like, have like I want to attach so soon and so deeply to people and then we would just go on these rides that created devastation and now I'm the opposite I'm all yeah I don't really feel like going on that ride so I have all these uh, blockades around myself so that's like fun for me in this lunar moon to have learned that I felt it I felt how I do it it's a internal mind like phraseology just like yeah I don't really care 
I don't care if this works or not. It's a defense structure in one little like statement that I repeat. I don't care. And it sounds like being really Zen, but it isn't being Zen. It's being detached and unrelational, disrelational. So that's what my uh, challenge, the, the one that's at the forefront of my mind, was for the lunar moon. Do you have a version of that? Do you have a version of something that's showing up as a problem, but also as a gateway, and you can feel both at the same time? That's very lunar, right? Shadow and light. And showing a light into the shadow and all of that. I am acting weird on the podcast because I am having a retrograde experience with my technology of recording, but I can bounce back. It's nice to take a little detour and just mention that Mercury is retrograde and that is going really swimmingly in a way for myself. And maybe you can feel the different tonality of being in the pre-shadow and then in the retrograde. I feel like the pre-shadow just acclimates you and if you go through all like the clunky uh, distressing setbacks in the pre-shadow of the retrograde then the retrograde is sort of just more open space and if you just tune in that mercury is going retrograde uh, when it is sort of officially retrograde then you probably have to hit all the clunky um, setbacks now the thing that I keep wanting to say that doesn't get discussed a lot but it's in my book and in the calendars I've produced and other little the handbook I have two books and then I have calendars from my past that include this it's the mystic column that is the central column of the Zolkin so if you're looking at a picture of the Zolkin it's the 260 squares on a grid and there's like portals that look a little bit like a DNA helix in the middle. And then there's the red serpent portals that we just went through that create this little band of portal days, 10 in a row. And then in the future, we'll be in the yellow seed wave spell, which has 10 portal days as, as well. And yet uh, in between the sort of red serpent portals and the yellow seed portals is this gap in portals a column the central column of the Zolkin has zero portals in it it is the seventh of 13 columns there's 13 columns uh, 20 days in each column and so the central seventh column takes us through each of the 20 tribes with no portal days but it is like a 20-day portal it is the central column and it's couched on either side by this like you can see the design the weaving basically it looks like it's called the loom of the maya like looking at these little um kind of like an, an x of a kind overlay on the zolkin you can see that it creates this central channel that looks like a spinal column uh, of the zolkin and it takes us into the channel between heaven and earth that's where we are, the mystic column. So it started on red self-existing dragon, which was Friday. Yesterday was white overtone wind. And then today, blue rhythmic 
night and tomorrow yellow resonance seed and so on but it is the ending of the white mirror wave spell in the mystic column and the beginning of the blue monkey wave spell so we'll be checking in throughout this time but i forget to mention it it feels like a whole different thing like right now we have retrograde which is like a super portally um like i guess it's about 20 days three weeks long like you feel like you're in a 20 day three week portal there as well and then um well that's the main thing <laughs> that and now the mystic column I mean, I think the white mirror wave spell that we're in is also very much like uh, I'm in a rarefied atmosphere. It's just very piled on right now. And could that be part of our challenge, honestly? Like, what is the breakdown of this lunar moon? Look at the things that are in it. Um, I think our challenge sort of collectively, let's say in the United States of America, Let's say that because we don't have a war. I feel like I have European listeners, but you have a war, you know, in your vicinity. So over here in the U.S., I think the collective challenge is accepting the nature of what a retrograde is, which is setbacks. Like, you can't do whatever you want. It's ego breakdown. The setbacks are always about control and what you're used to and that things stay the same. You know, like I can rely on this machinery, this technology, because it's designed to be reliable. It's designed to be better than a human. And now it's all breaking down. And so everything is imperfect. And that's the definition of being human because we're not gods. We're imperfect and gods are perfect. It's like one of the shortcuts, shorthand ways of describing what our existence is. It is fallibility and imperfection and crisis and so we drop back into ourselves and that's a beautiful challenge for this run of of humanity that we're in now you know like i think we would collectively profit from meeting the challenge of dealing with our own fallibility instead of <sighs> trying to be perfect and expect perfection in our midst that is not me lecturing anyone that was just my quick like oh i see this is what's been going on in the time of the lunar moon for the larger populace i would like to talk about the white mirror wave spell mm. i'd like to start with my storytelling I said on the eve of this wave spell, I kind of got public about like the worst thing that I could imagine having to sacrifice in this time. Like that's what where I was going. It's like, that's ah, the white mirror wave spell. This is the thing that I want least to be taken away from me, you know, that you can even think about. Like, I don't want to think about like somebody could die because I don't want to think about them dying. I just mean like, okay, the thing that I just feel like you know could slip through my hands and I would be so bereft but I would have to learn that now my hands are open to grasp something given to me from God you know like that's part of my spiel here uh, I made it to this rhythmic day before freaking out about um, that kind of most horror horrific version of sacrifice happening 
uh, I'll just say very cursorily that I've been matched with someone for an adoption process and that's my biggest fear is that that would go sideways in this wave spell or any wave spell but just like oh the 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 white mirror just forces us to face a lot so that all came to a head today when I was just really convinced that it was um like fraudulent or yeah that you know the world is full of sick people trying to like manipulate you or something so I had a big feeling of my heart being gashed out of my body just going in my mind to that place of how would I possibly accept being disappointed and delusion deluded like um where I had um deluded myself about this and I felt it in my heart and I felt that carving out that happens in the white mirror moment for most of us within this wave spell we have to feel it the rawness of this heart center of ourselves when it feels loss simultaneously (laughs) I did that to someone accidentally it was a misunderstanding uh but the misunderstanding I'm not going to tell the whole story but basically I um I just watched someone interpreting what I was saying as like let's call it a form of rejection or reprimand and it was not happening directly in front of me it was happening in a letter exchange and so uh, I just received the letter of someone whose heart had been torn out of their body and yeah it's just like extraordinary to be the one doing it I think I'm I'm having a hard time communicating, but <laughs> just want you to check and see if you can find yourself as the priest or priestess, but let's say historically the Maya would have a priest at the top of their pyramid during the human sacrifice ritual that the white mirror wave spell represents doing the cutting out of the heart. You would have the sacrificial victim whose heart was being cut out and then you have the gathering of people watching and like what part of that triangle it's a triangular pyramid but there's also a triangulated relationship there there's the person who feels the pain in their heart but is going to heaven to be with the gods yay and then there's the person who has to do that gesture and you know they're not at fault they're not murderers they're working with divinity in theory and maybe royalty and being directed who to take to the top of the pyramid they're just an actor of the impact of white mirror but they're not um in charge per se so that's how I felt in the situation. <laughs> like I'm not at fault, but I see that at my hand, your heart has just been um, pulled from your body for a while. And then where are you doing any of that? And where are you with witnessing other people's pain? Because I think I have that going on too. You know, just thinking reflectively about my day today and 
bearing witness to others who are really feeling sacrificed. And you might have a response of deep empathy or distancing, like, yeah, that's on them. That isn't my story. Okay. White mirror, the wave spell is only six days in. So we have a full week left. And uh, so Jesus, like anything could still happen. But the other part of white mirror that I'm hoping you'll feel is that at uh, day four, we enter the mystic column. And that is so similar to what white mirror the wave spell or white mirror the tribe feels like to me yeah there's all this like rough handling of one's heart or attachments but once you let go once you let go and like give your heart to god like again please this is not a christian god this is just something that lives out in the ether and doesn't have a body, a physical carnal body. So in the sacrifice uh, ritual that I'm imagining, your heart is ripped out and handed, it is, the priest hands it to the God in the sky. And it doesn't even get taken away, right? But the gesture is, this is for you. So when you feel the pain in white mirror, the wave spell, your heart is being given to divinity. So it's going to be healed and held beautifully in a rarefied, gilded atmosphere where, you know, everything is going to be restored times 10 because that's what God represents in this um, mythology. So we're in the part maybe of White Mirror where we were kind of post the searing, shredding impact the physical act of quote-unquote death and uh, you know getting to feel what it's like to rise into that spaciousness that's off planet in the aftermath of all these control games that we do with our minds and I think that's part of being in the central column the mystic column and it's just built in that every time we're in the might white mirror wave spell we are in the mystic column on day four so you see how that goes it's cool. You can just live here in this sort of effervescent atmosphere for a while. There's endlessness to White Mirror, which is great if, you know, the feeling is wonderful, then it feels like it will always be wonderful. And if something is hurting, it feels like it will always hurt. I think that's part of the, you know, mind um, game and solution you can give to yourself is recognizing that, wow, so this feeling like falling in love, you know, is impermanent as well as um, having an injury. So white mirror is a time where you really connect with someone because it's so reflective that you're meeting and conjoining in the way accidentally or on purpose and the relational part of it could be very intimate or could be very casual but the people that you are communing with right now you're going to feel like mirror images to each other it's sort of like the moment to connect in that way with other folks this is the time to find the people that you agree with on the things that come up between you and that's awesome. 
That's why White Mirror is just such a fun paradox because it has a kind of tortured version, historic reference to a sacrifice ritual. But the way that feels in our everyday, much updated modern lives uh, is about like loss and loss of control of our destiny. But again, the psycho-spiritual truth is that we're always sort of happier and freer when we do that. So this is the vehicle for letting go of control, this white mirror time. And so we're already in the opportunity that comes after it of being really present with yourself, with others, um, reflective of whatever it is that you're encountering right now. Could be uh, flowers or art (laughs) or food. You know what I mean? You're just like, you're going to be reflective of what's in front of you. sort of straightforward. Okay. I want to talk about the future because I seem to have our time being here on the, on the pod, as other people say. So let me get you out running. There is this continuation of the two themes of just being in the hard Mercury retrograde and focusing on things that really work in the retrograde, which like today I spent all day repairing my art that breaks because I'm not a professional artist and I've moved a few times. So every time I move, I have to kind of put out a whole litter of things that need to be repaired. And I got here two years ago and I repaired stuff today and that feels super retrograde. You know, it's, it's repairing and it's also kind of like solving something unfinished. And Um, so keep on with that and oh relationships from the past popping up had that big time it's so predictable but I have had that I have had my experience of that my former best love um, man contacting me after six months it's like you are so dialed into the astrology blue storm day and retrograde So um, just enjoy it. I mean, I find it enjoyable. I don't love it in the beginning of retrograde, but once I'm in it, I feel very sheltered. So uh, I wish you able to as well. And then the electric moon. That's what's missing from this whole diagnostic is we're going to walk into the electric moon. You know that it's going to feel immediately better and different but not take all the challenge away. The electric moon adds a component to everything that already exists now. We don't really disappear anything in in Mayan speak when we go through the wave spells. It's all sort of adding and morphing. But we have a purpose and a challenge. What we're adding is service. And it's kind of like, oh, let's take a detour from just being purposeful or pitted with challenge. Let's focus on being of service. But the way it works sort of metaphysically is what we're really able to do in terms of being of service is fueled by being connected to divinity, your Godhead, 
that is where the electric energy comes from. That's where the electricity comes from, from your higher power, uh, from your solar power, sun god, solar power. And so in the electric moon, we are just connected to divinity. That's what happens. Boom. Here, divinity says, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I know it's been hard. I seem to have been absent. Now I'm here to help. You will feel me. Lean on me. I'm part of this. And that's where the three comes from. This is the third of 13. So it's sort of like ourself and that which is other to us or challenging to us and purposeful for us. And now, ah, it's fused. Myself and that which is sort of my karma ahead of me is fused and connected by God. It could be a person that you're now connected with something divine between you. It's not just two humans battling out or negotiating um, without the influence of divinity. Divinity is everywhere in the electric moon, the electric tone. That's why we're doing this path. Because it's not, what is my purpose? What is my challenge? Go, I got this. It's what is my purpose? It's sort of selectively for me. What is my challenge? The place I have to grow. Now I get help to do it. And it's all about that help. And when we get help, we give help. It's just ourselves as a channel. We are electrified by divinity. Divinity is present for us. We pour out our hearts and hands minds, eyes to others because we are fueled by that connection to something much larger. And I'm sorry that I crammed that in at the end, but that's <laughs> that's what's next. And, uh, you know, I always prefer actually to kind of give a big pitch, but then learn what is this electric tone, this electric moon going to be this time what more can I learn what can I remember that I already know by being in it and uh, and then I'll be back I'm Lisa Starr I am another yourself and in my end we say in La Keshe